0: Well, I don't know of anyone who likes to wait. I thought about pausing much longer for dramatic effect, but I like you too much for that because I know that you don't like to wait either. Like no one likes to wait. If you're here and you are someone who enjoys waiting, I have a great list of counselors we can put you in touch with that can help change that problem in your life. I mean, no one likes to wait. I don't know if your family's anything like, like my own, but especially when my kids were younger, like if we had to wait for anything as a family, it became an event and not a good one, right? Like it became an absolute event. I, I don't know if you guys know this. One of our kids has been diagnosed with ape syndrome. You know what ape syndrome is? It's it's when you have to wait for something that you want, you do this. <sighs> <sighs> You I, you guys have some ape syndrome people too right like, if we had to go out to eat as a family and we did not go somewhere where they served the food instantly over the counter from under a heat lamp, like, if we had to wait for our food, our kids lost their minds waiting for food. Can I get a witness from some other parents here? Like, like if we waited for food, on one side of the table was ape syndrome, on the other side was slinky man. Like, you know who slinky man is, right? Where you lose control of your spinal cord and they're sliding all over like, oh, oh. oh. It's like a haunted quiet at your table because they're waiting on food, right? Like maybe it's just bad parenting on my part, but I got a feeling there's some other uh, people like that here as well. No one likes to wait. None of us like to wait. And when we wait, if we don't keep ourselves occupied, we can get distracted from what we are really waiting for. And that's exactly what I want to talk to us about today in this last message of a sermon series that we are calling the end of the world as we know it. If you're new here, my name's Jeff Manis. I am the lead pastor and I'm so glad that you and everyone else who is here today has chosen to be with us. I wanna say hello to our video audience as well, whether you're in the building or online sometime later. uh, Thanks so much for, for tuning in. I think I've done in the series a pretty good job at sticking to my word That in the series, we would not make any predictions about when Christ would return or when the end of the world would happen. We've not done that. We have, I think, shown ourselves to not be doomsdayers or extremists. And we didn't even serve Kool-Aid one time in the series, so that's been really good. And and outside of my normal weirdness, which I just exposed in the introduction there, I think I've done a pretty good job of just not being weird about this subject. What we've done is we have stuck to what Jesus himself said about the end of the world and about his return. Now, listen, out there, there are lots and lots of opinions about the end of the world and the return of Christ. Many of them are not rooted at all in what Jesus himself said about his own return. So even if you're here and you're someone who does not believe in Jesus, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, not only is it awesome that you're here, by the way, we'd love it that you're here, but this series could be great for you because in this series, it will at least help you know who is actually staying true to the word of Christ and who isn't. So if you've not been here for every week of the series, I'd encourage you to jump online and listen to our podcast or watch uh, on our website. We started off looking at what Jesus said about the end of the world. He gave us some very clear signs that the end was coming, but he said, when you see those signs, don't panic. These things are going to happen But he said, in a world that seems out of control, keep your trust in a God who is in control. That's what we looked at week number one. Then we actually, week two, looked at the the actual return of Christ, that Jesus said, after those signs happen, he will appear in the sky, everyone will see him, the trumpet will sound, and the believers will be saved. And here's the key to remember in this whole return of Christ thing. We've got to remember this that Jesus never told us when he would come back. He just promised us he would. He gave us some signs and then he tells us, be ready for my return. So last week we looked at why we should be ready for the return of Christ. And in Matthew chapter 25, we read the whole chapter last week, Jesus gives his strongest words regarding his return. If you were here last week, you'll remember it was a heavy heavy message and really what we talked about last week is the driving force behind the big idea that we have for the series and it will be our big idea for today as well it's on the screens and it's this the end of the world may not happen tomorrow but the way i live because of it should change today we've been saying that all series long that most likely okay, it could happen but tomorrow's probably not the end of the world but it's coming Jesus said the end is coming, and because of that, it's to change the way we live today. In fact, Jesus is recorded saying this, Matthew 24, you also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man, that's Jesus, will come when least expected. So Jesus said, I'm going to come back. There will be an end, and that will cause some people to ask, what's taking so long? Like, why is Jesus delaying? Why did he say be ready at any time and then delay for so long? Could this be a sign that he's actually not coming? Could it be a sign that Jesus didn't say what we thought he said? Those are great questions, by the way. And did you know we are not the first ones to ask them? that people have been asking this questions literally since Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven in fact Peter one of the 12 original disciples of Jesus he wrote two letters that are included in the New Testament portion of the Bible and and in those letters with a second letter we call it second Peter it's super creative there were some christians uh, there were some christians in in his day that were questioning uh, that were questioning the return of Christ they were asking questions like why is it taking so long did god forget the promise that Jesus would come back? Is it really true? And Peter said this, 2 Peter 3, 9 through 12. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. That's good news, by the way. That God is delaying the return of Christ, not because he won't keep his word, but he wants as many people possible to put their faith in him through Jesus, so he delays. But the day of the Lord, that is the return of Christ, will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God, the return of Christ, and hurrying it along. Doesn't that sound an awful lot like our big idea? That, that, That because... The day of the Lord is coming because Jesus is coming back, because there will be an end of the world, what holy and godly lives we should be living in the meantime. That the end of the world may not happen tomorrow, but the way I live because of it should change today. So if the way I live should change while I wait, we're going to ask this big question today, how should I live while we wait? How should I live while we wait? One verse for our main scripture today, but don't get too excited. We're looking at some other ones as well. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. It's in the New Testament portion of the Bible. There are some other scriptures, so if you want to follow along on the screens, please do so. If you don't own your own Bible, please don't leave without one. We'll give you one for free at guest services. Just ask for one. A little background to 1 Corinthians. It's a letter written to a group of Christians in a town called Corinth by a man that we call the Apostle Paul. And Paul, in this letter, was answering many questions these Christians had about their faith and then correcting some bad theology they had in their faith. And this entire chapter, chapter 15, is all about the resurrection of Jesus and the return of Christ for those who believe. And verse 58 is the very last verse in Paul's entire explanation of the return of Christ and, uh, and uh, the salvation of those who believe, he says this, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, he says, So, or, or literally, after everything I just told you about the end, after everything I just explained about the return of Christ, in light of all of that, so... My dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So, the end of the world may not happen tomorrow, but the way I live because of it should change today. And right in that one verse, we're going to see three things that I think should change the way we live today. The first one is this be strong in my purpose. Be strong in my purpose. Paul says, while you wait for the Lord, be strong and immovable. That word strong, by the way, in the original Greek language that it would have been written in, means this, it's on the screens. It means firm or steadfast, morally fixed, firm in purpose. That's where our point comes from. Not given to fluctuation or moving off course. So I think Paul knew That as human beings, when we have to wait because we don't like to wait, we easily get distracted. It's one thing to get distracted when you're waiting on a meal. It's another thing altogether to be distracted when you are waiting on the return of Christ. Jesus actually warned us about this distraction In Luke 21, 34 through 36. So, this is Luke's account of Jesus talking about the end of the world and his return. Jesus recorded saying this Watch out, don't let your hearts be dulled. That word literally means weighed down. So, don't let your hearts be weighed down by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap. For that day, the return of Christ, "...will come upon everyone living on the earth, keep alert at all times, and pray that you might be..." What's that word? Strong. strong. That wasn't strong enough. Let's say strong. strong. There you go. Pray you might be strong. Same word, similar word Paul used, by the way. Pray you might be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. So could Paul have just been reiterating what Jesus said about his own return? That while we wait... We can't allow ourselves to be dulled, to be weighed down, to be distracted by the things of this world or the worries of this life. We must remain strong in purpose, morally fixed, not given to fluctuation or moving off course to the right or to the left, but our roots must be firmly planted in the word and the way of God while we wait. So how do we do that? You're like, that sounds really cool. I don't know how to do that. I agree, we should remain strong in purpose, but how do we do that? Well, thankfully, the scriptures tell us. The writer of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight, similar to the word used in Luke, being weighed down, Let's trip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance. You know what that word means? It means strength. Let's run with strength, the race God has set before us. How do we do that? Here's how. We do this by keeping or fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. I just love how the Bible confirms itself that here are three different passages of scripture that all work together to teach us how to be strong and immovable. And how do we do that? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. That while we wait, we don't wait by just watching the sky, looking for Christ to come back. We wait by working with Jesus and working for Jesus until he comes back be strong and immovable that leads actually right into the second thing I want to talk about here that the end of the world may not happen tomorrow but the way I live because of it should change today so how should I live while we wait be strong in my purpose fix my eyes on Jesus but number two is this I should go beyond in my practice go beyond in my practice The second part of verse 58, the Apostle Paul says this always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Now what does that what does that mean? What does enthusiastically mean? I mean, we, we all, when I say work enthusiastically, we have images in our mind that we think of. Like, I wish my children would work more enthusiastically at cleaning their rooms. Can I get a witness up in here? Like, I want some enthusiasm when they're cleaning their room, not just, you know, the bare, the bare. So what does it mean? Well, when I, when I read work enthusiastically, I gotta be honest, I thought of two kinds of Christians, okay? And I hope I don't offend anybody with this. I'm just letting you know what I see in my mind. I thought of the Christian, the -the over-the-top Christian that makes all of us look weird, okay, or I thought of the awkward Christian that literally seems to never have a bad day and they can only answer questions with Christianese. You're laughing awkwardly. It'll get a little more awkward here in a second. Like, when I think of that, I think of the person that when you ask them, hey, how you doing, they respond with this. Well, if I was doing any better, I'd be with Jesus, or God forbid you ask them how their day was. Like, hey, how's your day been? Well, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, brother. I don't know why I turn into a southern redneck when I make fun of people, but that's just, that's what I hear. That's what I hear in my mind. Now, I listen, I know those kinds of people, they're, they're well-intentioned people. They're not bad people. I'm just saying that's what I think of when I read the word enthusiastically. So I want to know, is that how I have to live? Do, do I need to walk around with a grin on my face and have cheesy Christians, Christian sayings for every response? Ironically, yes. Just kidding, by the way. You guys are like, <gasps> <laughs> Here's what the word enthusiastically means in the original language. It means this, to exceed the ordinary or necessary. Isn't that good? Like now we're getting somewhere that while you wait for the return of Christ, don't just do the bare minimum of what is expected as a believer. You should exceed the ordinary and go beyond the necessary. That in our treatment of other people, in our generosity, our love, our service, our kindness, we should go above and beyond what is necessary, working enthusiastically for the Lord. This is not about our emotion as much as it is about our effort. It's not about how you feel. It's about regardless of how I feel, I will choose to exercise my faith by going above and beyond what is ordinary or or necessary, working enthusiastically for the Lord. So let me encourage you guys with, with this one. I told you last week that this week would be much more encouraging, and it will be. Because here's what I want to encourage you with. I see this all the time in our church. All the time. Like I am blown away, not just at the number of volunteers that we have in our church, but the 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 the, the commitment. That so many of you have in the church, how you work enthusiastically for the Lord, going above and beyond what is ordinary or necessary. People on every one of our teams we have that do this. In fact, today, our worship style, if you were here for worship, you might have noticed, was a little bit different than normal. Normally, we'd have a, a full band and multiple vocalists on the platform leading us in worship, and we rocked this place out. But this week, Pastor Jared and Brielle, they just felt led to do what we are calling today Band Vacation Sunday. We gave the whole band the day off because those guys, they put in so much effort and time. They go above and beyond what's ordinary and necessary. Like, like our, our band, if you don't know, don't, don't, don't know if you know this, but not only do they memorize their music on their own time, but they show up every Thursday here for several hours for rehearsal. Then they show up at 7 a.m. on Sunday morning for our Sunday morning run-through, serve then the two services. They come back at 4.30 p.m. on Sunday afternoon for our Sunday evening run-through and then serve the 6 p.m. service and wait till it's done to greet people out in the lobby they go above and beyond. Yeah, we can we can celebrate them. And listen. Listen, we we have people on on the production team and the parking team and the safety team and the first impressions team and the kids team and all of our teams that do the exact same thing. They, they exceed the ordinary. They go beyond what is necessary. And when you go above and beyond like that in your service to God, you are actually living this scripture out while you wait for the Lord's return. Isn't that awesome? So as your pastor, can I just proudly say Good job, Element Church. Good job. Yeah, I think we should honor them again. On top of that, we also try to live this out financially as well, that one of our core values here is leading the way in generosity, that we serve a radically generous God who exceeded what was ordinary or necessary. Did he not? Yeah. So because he was generous, we will be radically generous people. One of the ways we do that is by serving our community. So on top of the physical and financial support that we give to seven different local and global organizations meeting tangible needs in their communities, on top of I Heart Wyoming, which is our initiative to partner with churches around the state, resourcing them so they can serve their community in tangible ways. You heard some of that uh, during the welcome time with the church up in the Wind River, Wind River Reservation that we're partnering with, amazing stuff happening there. On top of that, we also try to do outreach events throughout the year right here in our own community. Things like the Night to Shine um, special needs prom back in February, which was unbelievable. The gas buy down a few weeks ago, meeting needs of people that way. The back to school bash coming up, 2,000 backpacks, school supplies, brand new pair of shoes, 25,000 pounds of food and more snow cones than any of our children could possibly eat, although they will, like we're doing that. Then on top of that, top of that, we are getting ready today to unveil to you a brand new serving opportunity for our community that I am so excited about, okay? Many of you know, if you live here in Shine especially, that for at least six months out of the year, it is definitely not comfortable, oftentimes not even safe, for kids to play outside for extended periods of time. And outside of the few small play areas we have, like in the mall or at McDonald's or at Chick-fil-A, which now I'm craving it, but I can't have it today, outside of those, outside of those places, there really is not a place for parents to take their kids when the weather is not you know, being conducive outside for them to remain active unless it costs them a bunch of money. So if you don't know, Element Church, we as a church, we own the whole building here, not just the part we use, but the whole building and the property it sits on. The only part of the property we don't own is the grass corner up front, right there. We don't own that grass portion. So in case you're wondering, we are not officially supporting uh, Galeotos for governor. That would be illegal for us to do, by the way. We can't do that, even if we wanted to, but I digress. Okay, just so you know, we are not officially supporting a candidate. We can't do that legally. But... Because we own this facility, we then rent out space we're not using to other great businesses uh, right here in our own community. We give out free space to Friday Food Bags. They use space, uh, one of our tenant spaces in the back for free, and Friday Food Bags is a great organization. They uh, provide food for underprivileged kids every weekend during the school year. I believe they do some things in the summer. not familiar with everything they do, but we support them. So outside of that, we have all these spaces we rent to. Well, up front here, right next to the main entrance doors of our church, is what's called Suite 301. It's a pretty big space, a couple thousand square feet, and it's it's sat empty for months now. Uh, We had a a tenant in there. They left. We've not been able to fill it up, and we advertised literally as best we could, online, chamber of commerce, social media. We tried everything, and really no real interest in it, especially from businesses that we felt comfortable putting next to us on a Sunday and next to a daycare every other day of the week, right? Right? If you're familiar with our history as a church, if you were here a few years ago, you know that when we first started kind of casting vision for remodeling this facility that we are now using, part of the original plan was to put a playground for kids up where the cafe is now. Well, as, you know, the budget needed to be trimmed, that was the first thing to be cut because it wasn't a necessity to have church. It was, it was a, a luxury. So for the last several months, after talking and praying with both our internal and external advisory boards after talking with our insurance company moms in our church and moms in our community we as a leadership have just we've in the last few weeks we pulled the trigger and we said why don't we just go ahead and use that empty space to meet that need now listen, we, we do a really good job of either providing for it ourselves or partnering with organizations that, that meet felt needs in our community. Food, clothing, and shelter. We'll continue to do that. But this need for somewhere for kids to play in the winter is a real need for our community. If you have kids, you understand that. That means that coming this fall... As a part of the ongoing outreach and service to our community because of your generosity as God's people exceeding the ordinary and necessary in an effort for us to work enthusiastically for the Lord, we will be providing as a church a free of charge, no strings attached, climate controlled, indoor playground area for our community, open through all seasons of the year, and it will be called this, Play City Free Indoor Playground. Which is awesome, by the way, and we're paying for it in cash. Because of your generosity. So it it will be provided by Element Church, but it's separate from the church at the same time. It will have its own entrance and own exit, so no one has to come into the church to use it, because that's not the point. We don't want to say, hey, bait and switch, use the playground, but stop in here for a message first. No, this is for you, because we think our city needs it. There's still lots of logistics for us to work through, lots of details that are not done yet. So please do not find us in the lobby and tell us how it won't work. We understand there's lots of things we gotta work through. The playground itself has been ordered. It will be here and installed in September. You'll be the first ones to see it before we open it up to the community. And uh, do you wanna see what it looks like? Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> Here's what it looks like. Wow. That's awesome. I think it's over 50 feet long. Is that right, Steve? Over 50 feet long, like 14, 16 feet wide. You can put up to 80-some kids on it at one time. Uh, you will find our staff playing on it every day, <laughs> having, races through, having races through the tubes, right? And I will beat every one of them. <laughs> now, you might ask, why, why would you do this? Here's why. Because we want our community to know that we are here for you, not the other way around. The element church exists for the community. The community does not exist for element church. Amen. And if this is a need, and I believe it is, not a, not a felt need, but it's a need, and we have the opportunity to fill it, why wouldn't we? That exceeds the ordinary. It goes beyond what is necessary. So the end of the world may not happen tomorrow, but the way I live because of it should change today. It's the driving force behind what we do as a church, that we're gonna be strong in our purpose, We're going to go beyond in our practice. And then the last part of verse 58, Paul says this, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Isn't that encouraging? Amen. So the third thing we got to do while we wait is this understand my potential. Understand my potential. That. Church, I hope you hear this. You don't have to provide a playground in order to make an impact. You don't have to be on the band. You don't have to serve every service or serve every Sunday. But I hope you understand that no matter what it is that you're able to do, if you remain strong in your purpose and go beyond in your practice, you have the potential to change the world. You might be skeptical. Change the world? You can't change the world, Pastor Jeff. Okay, you're probably right. That I probably can't change the entire world by the way I live. But the way I live can change my world. And when my world changes, guess what happens? So does the world. The end of the world may not happen tomorrow. But the way I live because of it should change today. So how should I live while I wait? I'm gonna be strong in my purpose, fixing my eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects my faith. I will go beyond in my practice, exceeding the ordinary and necessary. And I will understand my potential, that every moment of every day, there is potential inside of me because of the power of Jesus Christ to change my world. Do you realize the collective potential of impact-making people in this room cannot even be calculated? And Paul summed it all up in one verse. Be strong and immovable. Work for the Lord enthusiastically and know that nothing you ever do is useless. You have the power to change the world. So so what's next for you? What's next? I, I don't know what your next step is, but you do. Maybe, maybe it's, I think for a lot of us, it should be this, to walk right out those doors when we're done and buy a backpack bundle for a kid in need. Because most of us, not all of us, but the majority of us, us, we can spare 30 bucks for a kid that can't afford a backpack. For some of us, we can afford to buy multiple backpacks. So maybe that's what you should do. Maybe you can't. There are people in our church who cannot afford $30 for a backpack, but you can sign up to serve at the back school bash. You can help make snow cones or manage the, the inflatable games or hand out hot dogs or whatever it is. You can love on people. That's, a, that's something you always have is love. So maybe it's just your time. You should go out there and sign up next Epsiol. Maybe you should just start volunteering in general. Like if you say Element Church is your home but you have yet to start serving God through that church, it's really not your home. So maybe it's time to sign up and serve. Maybe it's just leaving an extra big tip at lunch today if you go out to eat, or maybe it's helping out at the playground when it opens up. Like, we're going to need some people to step up and kind of own that place and say, I want to be a part of serving these families through the playground. Maybe you got distracted spiritually and you just need to get back on track. Say, I don't know what it is. All I know is we are called to be strong in our purpose, go beyond in our practice, and understand our potential. Maybe for you, maybe your next step is not doing something for God, but it's actually receiving the work that has already been done for you by God. Because God sent Jesus. As the sacrifice, the, not a, the sacrifice for your sins and mine. He did all the work necessary, but you've not yet maybe received that work in your heart of salvation. Maybe that's what you need today. And so if you're here and you have never put your faith in Christ, please know That God, because he loved you so much, sent Jesus, God in the flesh. He came as one of us. He died because of us. He rose victorious so that any one of us, me and you included, could put our faith in him, be forgiven of our sins, given a new life today, and eternal life forever in heaven with him. And if that's you, if you want to put your faith in Jesus today, I want to give you that chance. So if you just pray this prayer with me, just silently in your heart, pray this to God if this is you. Father in heaven, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins and rose from the dead and will return one day. And right now I put my faith in you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. Make me new. Come into my heart. Give me power to live for you every day. Thanks for loving me. I'll do my best to follow you and love you back. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'd like you to do something very bold, although it's it's safe as well, because you're in the presence of people who have made that same decision. I'm one of them, and there are a couple hundred others right here that have made that same decision, so you're not alone, but if you just prayed to ask Jesus into your heart, would you do something bold? Just lift up your hand, leave it up, say, Yep, Jeff, that's me. I just asked Jesus into my heart. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. All over the place. Amen. Praise God. I see you. Anybody else? Awesome. Praise God. Amen. I see you. Amen. Yeah. See you. Praise God. Praise God. Listen, if you just ask Jesus into your heart, that's the best decision you'll ever make. It's the hardest one you'll ever live out. And so we created a devotional for you. We wrote it for you called 21. You can stop by guest services on your way out, ask for a 21 devotional, and we'll put it in your hands. It'll get you taking your next steps with Jesus. It'll get you reading the word a little bit and knowing what God now wants to do in and through you as you walk with him. Mark it on your connection card too uh, that you put your faith in Jesus and just drop that off in one of those boxes. That would be absolutely fantastic. So, so proud of you who put your faith in Christ today. It's why Jesus came it's why we exist as a church, and when he comes back, he's coming back for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let me pray for you guys, and then if you remain seated, just got two quick closing things. God, thanks so much. Thanks for new life today, people putting their faith in you. Thanks for the life that you give us to live for you, and Lord, help us as we wait for your return to be strong and immovable, strong in our purpose going beyond in our practice, and understanding the potential we have to change the world. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hey, if you need to pray, if you need somebody to pray for you for anything going on in your life, stop by the purple tent in the back of the auditorium, and we'll pray for whatever needs you got. If you're new, stop by the living room. And if you need to take a next step, stop by one of those tables or the next steps wall out in the lobby. I love you guys so much. Thanks for being a great church through this series. You are dismissed.